Bertha Charuma on SAFM. Conversations that are making other people happy, other people not so happy, but uh, the important part is having that conversation because then we really get to hear what the general public feel uh, or, you know, basically feel about what's going on. Joining me online, I've got um, our guest, that's uh, Zuelin Zima Vavi, uh, the South African Federation of Trade Unions General Secretary, joining us online. Good evening and welcome to Night Talk on SAFM. Good evening to you, Bertha, and good evening to all of your listeners. I totally am on the same page with you when we talk about unemployment because what is on the street is what tells you the state of the country. Now, you made um, remarks just before SONA. What's your take on the deliverance of SONA today? Are you um, happy with what the president um, unpacked? Well, uh, the president uh, w- was delivering a what you will call a score sheet. And uh, uh, they say they are accounting for the past five to 30 years of their uh, government-led transformation. So there was a temptation to present the most uh, beautiful picture of uh, what have been happening over the past 30 uh, years. And indeed, a lot of those things that he's saying, you cannot dispute. And for example, the overall picture is that uh, indeed, a South Africa post-1994 can be worse than a South Africa pre-1994. There's been some strides that you cannot deny, even if you are the worst critic of the government. For example, there's no doubt that the Constitution of South Africa provides the rights that many, many citizens across the globe can only dream of enjoying. If you don't want to uh, uh, accept what I'm saying, just look at next door in Zimbabwe and uh, look at uh, in Swaziland and everywhere else. You will see that... Uh, from the constitutional rights point of view, you better be in South Africa where you will have no fear in expressing your political view, including being very critical of the government without fearing that you will be visited at night and be arrested. So that's true. You can't contest that. And secondly, it is true that there's better access to health care because of the measures that have been taken, including uh, uh, giving uh, free health care to pregnant women, to kids under the age of six. And now we are on the eve of the introduction of the National Health Insurance, which will provide free health care at the point of entry. It is true that uh, education access has improved including now at the level of the university. And that Vets University is no longer white as it used to be. Johannesburg is no longer white. University of Cape Town, you name them all. Uh, lots of black kids have had an entry because of the such measures as the introduction of the, of the, of the initial financial aid scheme. And uh, it is true that uh, 
there has been uh, better access to water, to electricity, and to other uh, amenities uh, to uh, the local government. So you can't deny that. And the president was really going uh, uh, at full speed in in painting a picture of a South Africa that uh, uh, is represented by this youth, uh, Dinsualo, who really is, uh, uh, have had the free meals at school, past his uh, studies, and is now working with his new family. So, and there, there will be a lot of people you will find that have made that progress in life as a result of the government interventions over the past 1990, over the past 30 years. So, we, we should commend where we need to commend. We should be critical where we need to be critical. And yes, uh, what, however, the president has gone at length to try and, hi- and hide. One, and the biggest crisis of South Africa, is that of unemployment. Even though he acknowledged that uh, this remained a, a key challenge, but he wouldn't uh, obviously go uh, at length to articulate the extent of that crisis of unemployment. He speaks about uh, a South Africa that had just over 8 million employed people in 1994, but now at 8 point, or no, at now at 16.7 people employed. But in that, he doesn't say that uh, we have had uh, many years now with the worst unemployment rate amongst both industrialized and industrializing uh, nations. You won't say that we're sitting with 41% unemployment rate, and that uh, in the years just after COVID, 51% of black African women were unemployed, or that uh, at some point, 76% of the young people below the age of uh, 25 and older than the age of 15 were unemployed, and that uh, overall, you have a 66% rate of unemployment, which is constituted by, in numbers, 8.6 million young people who are not in employment, education, and training. You won't, you won't reveal the extent of that uh, crisis of unemployment. You won't say that out of nine provinces of South Africa, seven of them have unemployment of more than 40%. And you won't say that the face of that unemployment is black people. And uh, you won't say that uh, the, as a result of that, the levels of poverty uh, are unacceptably high. He selectively chose the World Bank statistics that shows that there has been a decline in incidence of poverty. One also quote the fact that government uh, in through the NDP have indicated that in 2022, I think, we had 30.4 million South Africans who are living below what they call is the upper bound level of poverty. And so you won't say that the education system is in doldrums and that the majority of our kids arrive at grade four or five without being able to read with a meaning. You won't say that we can compete even with Zimbabwe, Swaziland and Botswana when it comes to the standards of education. You will be very happy to quote 
the mathematics, the, the fact that uh, we're reaching way above 80% now in the pass rates of the matric, but you won't say that 11, in order to achieve that, the schools are killing um, 42 to 48% of kids who don't arrive at grade 12 and uh, to, to write their, their exam because there's a big push for everybody to have a very high uh, pass rate at the level of matric. You won't say that uh, the, even though there's an access to health care, a lot of these health institutions are white elephants where even the victims or the survivors of antiretrovirals go there and find no uh, treatment. And that sometimes there's hardly a panado available yeah. and, uh, in the hospital and that is a infrastructure backlogs and there's not sufficient numbers of doctors and nurses. As a result, people spend extraordinary long hours in filthy hospitals waiting for help. So he's painting a very beautiful picture and on things that are true, but he doesn't, he won't tell you the full story because he's electionary. But you know, with the true story, I like, I, I think I highlighted at the beginning of the show that a man on the street or a citizen on the ground is the one that shows you the, you know, the true picture of what, you know, the state of the country looks like. Now, we, we talk, we've been talking about unemployment for the longest time. Then COVID came and things just went backwire. It, it, it even got, mm. a little, it got worse. But then, you know, what baffles me is everything seems to have been centralized. Now, centralized meaning we used to have, you know, your, 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 your home regions, like your, your Mafeking, your Tran- it's not Transkai anymore, but your Eastern Cape. If you, if you go to many of those, they used to be very viable um, small towns. And now mm. they've become ghost towns. And mm. everybody, we've all come, there's an influx into one central place, which, which is a god. I mean, that is just a recipe for disaster. That is one. Absolutely. Then number two, you find buildings that have become derelict. Beautiful. There's a hospital, for instance, in, in Itzoseng. It's just been neglected. But we are talking about building another one. Why don't we resuscitate an existing something and make it viable? So that that particular mm. area is viable, and then whoever who, whoever lives in that particular region has a job. Mm. So we have these conversations year on year, after year after year, mm. and mm. yet I think the solutions are on the ground. What do you think, from where you are, can be done, and can be you know where the process can start, like now? Okay, let me just take before I answer your question. Take your point further. I'm, I come from uh, those uh, small towns. I am from Sada, the township uh, of Queenstown, and it was uh, under the the former Bandustan called the Siskai. And I have the other family on the other side of the border in a place that was called uh, the Transkai. And uh, every December Easter's I go home. I'm a migrant in Johannesburg. And when I go home, and having been there, part of the youth movement, the student movement in my early uh, youth days, and I see that we initially made progress immediately uh, uh, post-1994. There were streetlights, for example, in my small, dusty township. Uh, 
And uh, of course, there was a parking system is no more. There is now uh, proper toilets that have running water. But water gets closed uh, uh, from uh, 8 o'clock and uh, until uh, sometimes 8 o'clock the next morning. And yet the, the river, uh, the dam is 100% full as a result of these floods that are hitting all parts of South Africa uh, from time to time. The street lights are no longer working. The, the streets that used to be paved from the works department, public works, uh, are now dongas. I'm telling, I'm not exaggerating. If you go to the uh, the other place, I, I spend a lot of my time in, in, uh, in Manfred, you can't drive a, a private car anymore. You For a small seven kilometer v, uh, v, uh, journey to town, you take a half an hour to a full hour because you must uh, avoid deep dongas mm. that they have been dug by water. There's no grating. There's nothing. There's a regression. Yeah. And so, the regression is that uh, our local government are in a sorry state across the length and the breadth of the country. So even though the president can tick at the national level that uh, there are street lights, in reality, uh, life on the ground is no street lights. Yeah. And uh, even the floodlights that were there are no longer working. So that's, I, I wanted to take that particular point forward. But then this, let's come to the question. Unfortunately, I have, uh, I've, I've got like literally 30 seconds. I don't know whether you can squeeze in something for me there. Okay. Let me tell you, as long as the government is still insisting in implementing neoliberal programs that favor the rich and that uh, does very little except provide lip service to the poor, we will be where we are 30 years down the line. As long as we take all of the prescriptions that are designed for the developed nations of the world, that uh, the IMF, World Bank, the rating agencies, the World Economic Forum is insisting that they must be adopted and applied in all countries of the world, irrespective of their different developmental challenges, will be where we are for another 30 years. Thank you so much. That's the South African Federation of Trade Unions General Secretary Zuelinzi Mavavi. Thank you for joining us on Night Talk. You know, let's just hope that we don't become another African country that just becomes, yeah, we all know. Failed. What, yeah. They call it failed revolution. Absolutely. Thank you so and much. We are, have, we are standing at the doorsteps of that failed revolution. At least we, let's, let's hope we're not one step inside the door. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. And bye for now.